And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Now it's nice. I like that. Uh, oh, I, I, I was about to do Bunny like it was Act 1. Act 3, Bunny! Act 3! Act 3! <laughs> Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually stroll on into the third and final act of the show, and it is said third act wherein we finally ineventually get around to discussing our all-new high-in-fiber, great-tasting, and part of a balanced breakfast. But to be fair, anything could be part of a balanced breakfast if you balance it right. Yes. Yes, I'm meaning three pounds of chocolate, but do you notice the 800 grapes I'm also eating? Balanced breakfast. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, They should be part of a Thanos breakfast. Yeah. Uh, Movie of the week. That's where I was. And this week we we try and discuss how a film with such a great (laughs) cast can ruin Christmas so much with a look at the 2014 Christmas movie Merry frigging Christmas. Yes. Uh, Bunny, what are your preliminary thoughts on this film? I, I, no. No. (sighs) I mean, I, the Uh, movie, the movie was over. When he got the phone call, and she was like, you can't avoid your family forever, and he says, yes, I can. I agreed. Totally. Yeah. Movie's over. Yeah. Roll credits. Uh, First off, I'd like to take this time to say that I knew that uh, Robin Williams killed himself, but I didn't know he hung himself. That's a different type of killing yourself. Yeah. Jesus, dude. Wow. You really, you really, uh, you really, uh, you really meant it. Uh, Secondly, um, uh, see, 2020 has been such a hideous garbage fire that usually during the Christmas season, we watch some really crappy, bizarre, strange, whatever bizarre, strange Christmas stuff we can find. And uh, but this year, I thought, let's keep it light. Let's keep it fun. Let's keep it funny. Hey, here's a movie with a, with a really great comedic cast. And I'm sure this will be a laugh riot. Yeah. Uh, But in reality, this movie easily could have been one of the films that we would watch on any normal Christmas, but not the type of movie that I was going for for this Christmas. So FYI, next week, I'm taking a very different turn. I'm taking the law into my own hands. It's going to be a very different sort of thing. Uh, But... I mean, if a script isn't there, then the script isn't there. I think that's the best way you can describe this film. Yeah. 
like if the script isn't all there, then it doesn't matter how many very talented celebrities you stuff into your movie. If the script isn't there, the script isn't there, you know? Right. Agreed. And, and the, the script the, the definitely script wasn't there for this fucking movie. And it's not like, like I, I don't think I could blame any of the actors for this. Everybody did a good job. They can't help what the script is They're telling them to do. Yeah, every actor is trying their best with what they have. It's not their fault that what they have is very little, if anything. Yeah. Robin Williams made me you know, hate him. It, it, but that was what the role was. This movie... This movie, the script and the quality of the film and the acting and the sets, it felt like if the Asylum tried to make a mockbuster of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That this would be yeah. what they came up with. Yeah. And Jesus, really, and what a fucking cast. Yeah, it's got so many people, so many celebrities they've stuffed in this film. It's got Tim from Tim and Eric. And also, he's from uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Yeah. Love that goddamn movie. The film has Oliver Platt as a drunken Santa. Yeah. Who just wants uh, the, the friendly state trooper is Colin Robinson, the energy vampire from What We Do in the Shadows, the television show, which I fucking love. Yeah. Plus, he was in the movie VHS, VHS, which we did right before the summer this year. So, yeah. uh, so he's in it. Uh, it has Clemmy from Reno 911. She's also in the Goldbergs now, but I haven't seen that show, even though I know I would like it. Uh, who else is in this? Lorelai Gilmore and Jeff Winger are married! Yes. That makes so much sense! <laughs> and it's got uh, Candace Bergen, who I fell in love with in Boston Legal. Yeah. Uh, she was amazing in that. Uh, working with... Uh, Candace Bergen and her ex-husband William Shatner on Boston Legal. It was such a great pairing. Yeah. Of two oh, people man. who liked each other and now they hate each other. And just those two, they were just so good together. And of course, the elephant in the room, Robin freaking Williams. That is such an impressive goddamn cast, but the but the script is just like, hey, let's remake National Lampoon's Vacation, but here's the thing. Let's make it less funny. Yeah. I So... His father was a bastard, and his father remained a bastard through the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And then when I first saw the film, when I first I, I had a lot of high hopes for um, for Merry Frickin' Christmas. But when I first started watching the film, I was like, I thought this movie might make me uncomfortable because the dad's a heavy drinker and he's angry all the time. 
and his belief that asthma is all in your head and the son Boyd is base is avoiding his family because of his childhood trauma and yeah. also a, a, a lack of uh, romance. I mean, all of that hits home. Yeah. You know, so much of that. I mean, that's basically my life. But thankfully, this film isn't good enough to make me feel bad about those things. <laughs> like ooh this has thematic elements that would make me uncomfortable what would the asshole drinking father who uh treats his kids like shit and gives them trauma which the kids then carry into their own parenting uh this movie might make me uncomfortable oh wait this movie's a piece of shit if it was a better movie, it would make me feel bad about all of those things. But it's just, it's just, the script isn't there. The, it's just, this isn't a good film. No. Period. Yeah. No. My, my dad, my, my, my parents were very traditionally Latino, and Latino culture is oftentimes just remarkably old school like 1940s sexist yeah and so my dad was always the one where he was like i handle the finances my wife doesn't understand money <laughs> and my dad would be like out of a job and it's like i don't know what we're gonna do and my mom would come along and it's like oh hi i'm the mom and i've been saving all of this money this entire time so we should be fine yeah and then like my dad would always say, my mom would always save my dad's ass, but my dad still kept believing I'm in charge. I'm the husband. The husband has to be in charge. The husband has to be in charge. The husband is strong and has to be in charge. So my dad thought he did all the Christmas shopping. And he's like, don't, it's Christmas Eve. Kids, kids, kids. I have an important business meeting that will last me all day. And I will see you tonight. And it's like, okay, we know what you're going to do. You're going to do the Christmas shopping. And my dad would go off all day on Christmas Eve and do the Christmas shopping. The problem was he didn't know his own fucking family. And it, it was obvious on Christmas morning what was bought by my mom and what was bought by my father. Because what was bought by my father was bought at the first place he went to seconds before Christmas Day, and this is what they had, and hey, Stevie, here you go. But yeah. my mom would buy Christmas presents over a period of months, and my mom was the one who actually got us the things we actually fucking wanted. Yeah. And so... She knew us and she would get us the good presents. We used to spend Christmas at my grandmother's house in, and she lived in Douglas, which was right on the border between uh, America and Mexico. So we would spend every Christmas like right there next to Mexico and all of my mom's extended family would be there. And my mom has like six siblings and they all had kids. And so all of these cousins would be there and we would all sleep on the floor and we would, we, you know, we were all very young and we were so excited to open presents on Christmas morning on at my grandmother's house. And we were all excited and it was so much fun every year, every year we would do this and get together with the family. And it was so much fun. And then one year we just stopped. We stopped going to Douglas and we stopped having Christmas with the entire family. And it was really sad. And, and I really hated it 
cut to years later, and I'm on my blog, uh, which was still a thing, and I'm complaining about spending Christmas, every, spending all of the holidays at my uh, uh, stepmother and stepfather, my stepfamily's house with all of Natasha's family, and I'm yeah. complaining it because they don't have the internet and cell phones don't work they're out of range and they're in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing near them and it's like just it, it was like being in like this time warp and I absolutely hated it every year and one day my dad calls me and and and, and, I'm, and he says Stevie I heard I was reading your blog about uh you know how you hate spending the holidays uh with your uh, with your wife uh, your wife's family and you know what you need to do you need to just put your foot down Stevie and say hey I'm the man and I am I am running the family and I am in charge of the family and that's what you need to do that's what I did with Christmas remember we spent Christmas with your grandma with with your mom's family I hated that so one year I just told I just told your mom hey it's either your family or it's me if we don't spend Christmas at home then I am leaving and that's why we never went to your grandmother's house and I'm like you fucking asshole that was so much fucking fun <laughs> I was so fucking pissed off and I'm like that's why we stopped going to to grandmother's house every Christmas because you were being a whiny bitch yeah. so then I stopped complaining about then I stopped complaining about going to the in-laws house every year Yeah. after that and I'm like oh, now Netflix has a function where you can download some shows I'll be fine yeah <laughs> Speaking of, to bring it back to the movie, the guy who directed this is like this British guy, and this was his first movie he ever directed, and he mostly works in TV, and he's basically directed, he's directed episodes of 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Nurse Jackie, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, all of these amazing shows, and it's like, you have such an amazing comedy background, why was this your creation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like with your amazing comedic background and you've done so many uh, amazing classic legendary comedy shows, why did you make this? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this definitely needed a good few laughs. Here's here is the theory as to what I think went wrong with this film because there's not a lot of information about this movie. Uh, and a lot of it focuses on Robin Williams because Robin Williams for, uh, killed himself. Uh, so here's the theory as to what I think happened with this film. Okay, so um, uh, da, 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 da. the filmmakers had the movie 100% completed. It was done, it was edited, and sound and all of that. The film was completed. And then Robin Williams killed himself so they went back to the studio and recut the entire movie. Are we sure that this isn't the reason why Robin Williams killed himself? I mean, do we know that? To, to be fair, I honestly think that a large portion of Robin Williams' depression comes from the fact that when a movie is bad... Oftentimes, we blame the star of the movie, and that is wrong 
Because movies are such a massive group effort that, like, when Ishtar is bad, we should be blaming the director, the writer, the producers, all of these people. But instead, we're like, fucking Dustin Hoffman. Like, Dustin, it's not his fault. And so a lot of time, I think a lot of the depression from Robin Williams came with the fact that, that, like, oh, Popeye was a bomb. Fucking Robin Williams, like Robin Williams was to blame for Popeye being bad, which is not the case. Robin Williams was great. He was the only thing that people liked about that movie. But when it came to box office failures, he really felt those. And like Hook was considered a major box office bomb and and everyone blamed Robin Williams. And like, oh, that's sad. There are so many other people to blame for for a movie being bad. Wasn't so I think Steven that Spielberg too. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. I think that Steven Spielberg, the kid from Dick Tracy and Julia Roberts are more to blame for the failure of hook than Robin Williams is. Yeah. Robin Williams was made for the Peter Pan role, but movies do bad in the box office and the audience automatically points the finger at the star. And so Robin Williams was really hurt by that. And I don't think that the film Merry Friggin' Christmas was the reason why he killed himself, but I do think that perhaps he found himself later in life not making the prestige films and making these small indie films that aren't doing good in the box office. And maybe he saw the articles of, Hey, whatever happened to Robin Williams His dramatic roles are fine, but the films aren't making any money. Oh, what is Robin Williams's problem? I think that a large portion of the reason why he killed himself is because of how we blame stars for a movie being bad. I think that's a safe bad but i think the problem i think the problem with this film is and this is just a guess but i think this is a really good guess that this movie was sillier and dirtier and more madcap but then robin williams died and the 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 movie the filmmakers were like shit this might be his last film Let's go back and edit this. And they toned it down to be more of a dramedy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, they, oh, they failed. I gonna, mean, this needed a lot more humor. Yeah. So I, th- and I think it was there, but Robin Williams's death changed the film. So it's like, hey, this wacky, crazy comedy is going to be great. We're going to call it Merry Friggin' Christmas. It's going to be hilarious. Oh, Robin Williams died so sad. Well, you're going to love this touching family drama we have made called Merry Friggin' Christmas. That's <laughs> what I think. I think this yeah. film has a. a it, so so yeah if this film was crazier and took more risks like it could be salvageable but this is pretty weak it has a 14 percent on Rotten tomatoes and i think that that's that that tracks you know yeah that like okay that's that is this film i was hoping for more fun films this year and what i got was i I saw the cast and I'm like, this is going to be a blast, but uh, it was not. 
And yeah. so I was the father make... was just too much of an asshole, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was yeah. like, no, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've done this. I don't need to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely understand. And so I was disappointed. I was really disappointed with this week's movie. Yeah. Uh, I was really disappointed. And, I, and I, I, I wanted our Christmas to be more fun because it's the end. It's the end of 2020. And I just want us to end this horrible, horrible year with a lot of fun and a lot of love. And so that's all I have for this week. Let me talk about next week. Okay. Uh, I found a Anna Kendrick dramedy about Christmas. Um, and I was going to do that, but then it's like, you know what? I think it's just going to be a Merry Friggin' Christmas over over again that I think this is going to be fun, but it's going to be like, oh, family drama centered around the holidays. And so I I skipped on that maybe next year. And then I thought, hey, we've never done a Christmas story. Maybe we can do a Christmas story, but I just have a problem with, with the movie, a Christmas story. And I mentioned this during one of my story times recently that I really liked A Christmas Story when I was a kid, but I don't expect modern day kids, like I don't expect Maxwell to fall in love with A Christmas Story because this is a movie from the 1980s based on a book from the 1960s about how great things were in the 30s. Yeah. So I don't expect a kid who can tell you everything about about a Fortnite and Minecraft to give a shit about this movie. Yeah. You know? So I so I have a problem with a Christmas story, so I passed on that. And I was trying to think of something that would just be fun to do. So um it's on the cough cough. And, okay. and uh I might share it with some people because you can make a shareable yeah. Uh, for it and I might share this um, I made a film okay. well okay I didn't make a film I pieced together a film so I got um, an hour long 1980s He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special okay uh, without commercials so it's like 47 minutes long and I got that and then I found Stephen Colbert's Christmas special back when he was a fake right wing on uh, the yes. on Comedy Central, and that's about forty five minutes. And I said, if you put these together, that's about you know, and that's almost feature length. And then I thought, wait, why stop there? I'll put an intermission in, and oh, if it's an intermission, I'll put a cartoon, and then here you go. I have got like about an hour and 45 minute long thing that will pass as a movie and it will be stupid and dumb and fun. And then I thought, let me add one more thing. Okay. It's not Christmas, but I was thinking about, I want 2020 2020 to just be fucking fun. So at the end, I just, for no reason, I tacked on my favorite episode of the TV show, What We Do in the shadows okay so that made it a bit longer it's about two minutes two hours and 14 minutes but it's a bunch of fucking fun okay that's what i wanted this week to be but instead we got merry freaking christmas so next week 
we're watching something that I pieced together. I'm calling it He Steven Daytona. He Steven Daytona. Yes. He as in He-Man, Steven as in Stephen Colbert, Daytona as in a character from my favorite episode of What We Do in the Shadows, which I absolutely love. And it, like, I don't want to watch any more of What We Do in the Shadows because this one episode is so good that no episode will ever be as good as, as this. Okay. I found myself quoting. So, so the, it's the it's the meow 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 beans from yes. Community for me. I have yes, watched that meow, a million fucking times. Yeah, this is the meow meow beans of what we do in the shadows, and it's the greatest episode ever. And I quote it all of the time. And this one episode is just life now. And I added it at the end just because it's not Christmassy, but I want this to be fun. So it's called He, Stephen Daytona, and it's great. And if anyone is listening to this and wants a copy, I'll shoot a link in the in the discussion group. Yeah. For a while. Okay. Because it's a lot of fun. It's already there on the cough cough waiting for you. And there's a cartoon during the intermission and it's a lot of fun and well probably not the he-man one i saw it when i was a kid but i don't remember any of it but so that will probably suck but again it's only 45 minutes the best thing i can say about the movie merry friggin christmas it's an hour and 21 minutes yeah that is a point that's the best part about it. When the plot actually gets going, then it's only the size of an episode of ER. Yes. So that's one. That's a positive. Rave of the century. So that's <laughs> it. Merry friggin' Christmas. I'm done with that movie. Uh, next week, I'm very excited to be watching two holiday specials and a random episode of What We Do in the Shadows because 2020 sucks. Uh, really excited about next week. But now that I'm looking back at uh, at this week, man, the highs and the lows, the Titanic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, freaking Slobies. Yes. I got I think this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I was worried there that you wouldn't classify it with the D-level classification, which is the best classification that we, we can get. I agree with your assessment. I was just worried. <laughs> I feel the same. I felt feel the same way about the episode, but I didn't want to say anything because you're the person who makes the classifications, not me. And I didn't want to step on any toes here. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week. I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Emerald and Maxwell and Bella and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Nice. Cut and print.